Welcome to the Living Jewishly Podcast. I'm Dr. Elliot Nileman. And I'm Rabbi Yossi Saperman. We talk about Judaism, and we talk about living, and we talk about everything in between. Judaism is not nearly as boring as I thought it was now that I talk to Elliot regularly. We're not selling you on Judaism. We're not selling you on living. We're just trying to get you inside of our brains, the way we think about stuff. By getting you into our Jewish brain, you'll argue a lot, you'll disagree, you'll love, you'll eat, you'll have a really good time, you'll learn a lot of things, and you know what? You might actually find that all those 3,000 years have been worth it. This is part three of a three-part series about being Jewish, recorded pre-pandemic when we were allowed to gather. The theme of part three, the adage is true. Home truly should be where the Jewish heart is. I will tell you that having spent 18 years teaching at Chad, my experience was that a lot of the time, parents send their kids there to sort of give them Judaism by proxy. So the real thing we're not talking about here, which is the real word underneath all of this is home. What happens at home? There were many generations of Jews who did not send their kids to school. In fact, there were from Jews in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s who sent their kids to public school. And these kids came out quite religious. Why? Because their home environment was Jewish. Yossi and I feel very strongly that for many years, a generation, not of kids, but of parents were neglected in terms of their Jewish education. And the project we've started, Living Jewishly, one of its primary goals is to re-educate parents how to be Jewish parents and how to transmit that to their kids. Because the truth is that you, in some ways, should not require the school to give the fundamental rudiments of a Jewish education to your child. They should know it. The school should be actually a kind of supplement to that. Now, it's wonderful if you can send your kid to a Jewish school, if you can afford it. Their education, I think, will be all that money. Um, you know, maybe they'll get something out of it. Maybe they won't. Maybe it's a better way to socialize them. Maybe they'll marry Jews more. Okay. But this notion that parents use school to do the things that they are either unwilling or unable to do, that has to stop. That has to be reversed. And, and I just want to add to that from my perspective. Same thing with shul. A synagogue is not, is not able to do for your Judaism what you won't do for yourself. If you go to shul because you have to, or because God's judging you, or because your grandpa did, or because I didn't survive the Holocaust for this, it's all wrong. It's all wrong. And my job is to try to make it meaningful. And frankly, I would welcome I'd welcome someone who came to me and said, you know, Yossi, once a month, can we have a minion in your shul for someone else? There's no challenge. I would, I would be incredibly supportive of a collective that went out, raised the funds, bought an apartment building, and built a Jewish community right there and then, right, right in their own space. I, would, I think that that should be possible here. I would think that there's no reason that a Jewish enclave could not be formed with all the builders building massive tract housing why couldn't a section of land be put aside in, in, in West Brampton and build a new Jewish community out there? It could be done. It could be. I mean, I've lived all over the city. I, I don't feel less Jewish anywhere. I feel exactly who I am. With the child, it's a little bit difficult, but the, the reality is my daughter went to uh, a certain JCC, not that important. 
Um, she was traumatized. By the time she was four years old, she didn't want to celebrate Jewish holidays if they involved someone getting killed. To this day, she says, Daddy, did anybody die on this holiday? Was there a hero and a villain, or is it just a holiday? At, this is a baby. She's not even seven yet, and she really only wants... I had to remake Hanukkah for her into eight nights of giving so that we cannot, we do not have to talk about Antiochus slaughtering Judith and her seven children. I just don't want to talk about that. And I think we all need to start thinking about it. That's why I won't talk about the miracle of Hanukkah being about the eight days of oil that, that lasted when we all know that's pretty much the most unrealistic thing. No one has ever recalled a miracle like that in recent days. I think we should focus on reality, not miracles. Thank you all. Thanks for listening to the Living Jewishly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps more people like you find our show so that we can continue to grow the Living Jewishly community together. You can find us at livingjewishly.org and on YouTube and Instagram. Living Jewishly is living well with everyone.